0: Welcome to Soberholic, a podcast about Christian recovery, where each week we explore topics that can free you from bondage and strengthen your relationship with God, others, and yourself. Now, your show hosts, Roger and Jason.
1: Hey, Soberholics, it's Roger again. I'm in studio with Jason. And, you know, Jason, one of the topics I've been hearing all week long, and really maybe the past two weeks, is about people wanting to change a church. You ever hear that conversation? Oh, yeah. It's
0: definitely, um, you know, the way people go to church here in America, especially, it's really more of an American problem, but, you know, they want it their way. They want it catered to them, and since, you know, especially where we live, there's a lot of churches, and so if they don't like something, they just jump ship, and then they just go to the, the newest trendy church or whatever, you know, to try to get it like they
1: like it. Like Burger King, huh? Right, yeah. I know when I was first, um, you know, we've talked a lot about this, or, or, or parts of this, is when I first got into recovery, I was going to AA, and that's where I met you, and I really wasn't going to church then. I had a lot of resentments, and the steps as I worked through those, I kind of overcome these overcome these resentments towards god and my wife and i began looking for a new church home and we didn't know where we wanted to go we knew that we didn't want to go where her parents went because we wanted it to be our church for our family and i'm not saying that it's bad if you choose to go to church with your you know your parents but for us that's just something we knew we didn't want to do and so we literally—I mean, dude, this is this is how it was for us. Is we 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 took a Saturday and we drove around. We threw the kid in the back seat. <laughs> we drove around from church to church, and we would pull into the front of the church. We would write the name of the church, the um, the time of the service on Sunday, and we did that for four or five churches just to see if they were cool churches um, that we thought maybe we would want to go to. We do nothing because nobody was there. Uh, nobody's at a church on a Saturday, or at least they wasn't at these churches. And so we um we kind of knew what denomination we fit in just on some things that we believed. And so we we just shopped that way and on Sunday morning we showed up to the church that we said this is where we'll end up at. And from that that's where we picked our first church in recovery. Wow. Yeah, you know
0: Driving by a church and and thinking, you know, I I'll go check that out. I just drove past it. That's not something that occurs to me, but I think something that has to do with that is I work at the church. So, but we get visitor cards all the time where it says, you know, how'd you hear about our church? And a surprising number say, you know, drove by.
1: Well, it's funny because the pastor at the church where we went is he said, you know, our church literally looks like the VFW building. <laughs> like, <laughs> we should be playing bingo here. Yeah. It, I mean, it was nice. It was kept and it had a steeple on it. Yeah. But, you know, it was just metal down the sides and on the roof. And, you know, there was parking and all, but there was just there was no curb appeal, if you will. Right. You know? But um, we were drawn to that church, and what was happening in that church was awesome. And so we stayed at that church for a while, like most people may do, is they you know, they get in and they begin looking for reasons to stay there. But, you know, oftentimes as I, as I sat there at that church, I saw people who wanted to leave that church. And I've seen that in different churches of the people. They get into a church, and for whatever reason they leave. Uh, most commonly I hear is, well, they just don't have nothing for my kids there.
0: Right, yeah, the or, you know, more trivial is there's not good parking, you know, there parking or not a good children's ministry. But, yeah, it's really common um, for people to look, you know, for reasons to leave a church. And I think the fundamental reason why people do that is because we're trying to make it about ourselves and, and not about trying to be a part of the larger kingdom of God.
1: It doesn't matter whether you're in a church or at Walmart, if you put yourself and a lot of other personalities together, eventually your feelings are going to get hurt. And this is something I've seen, um, even within myself, is because I may not agree with someone. It's not like a biblical stance that we're talking about, just that, you know, I'm not saying this was a particular thing, but it could be that you didn't play the music I like. And so I'm going to go find me somewhere else to go because you've done done it a whole month in a row now. And, but it's not about you catering to my wants. It's about you building me up as a Christian, you know, as a pastor. That's what I look for. Or even if it's not the pastor that I have a diff, a difference with, it may be the other congregational members, you know, brother and sister in Christ that hurt my feelings. And I can't just jump ship every time someone hurts my feelings
0: right and you know most of the time and just all the way across life we think the grass is always gonna be greener on the other side well if I go to this church well then none of these problems will be here well we both know and most people know that there's no perfect church you know you can't leave church because your pastor didn't say hey to you last Sunday you know you can pick any church apart and you can build a case to not go there and to try to find a different church. But, uh, you know, we want to encourage all of you, if you're already in a church, you know, don't just look for reasons to just jump ship. You know, search and pray and and, and seek godly counsel in those decisions before you decide to, to go down the road of trying to find a new church. It's
1: easy to look for the things that your church doesn't have. Uh, you know, well, like some of the things you mentioned, maybe they don't play the music I like. Maybe they don't have the children's program that I want. Maybe the pastor isn't preaching in the style that I would like. You know, one thing I've encouraged people before they leave their church, um, I say, "Look, why don't you going to just go visit a church? Don't just up and leave, go mm-hmm. visit another church." And what I've seen through that is like, from my own personal experiences is that when I go and visit something else, I go, "Wow. <laughs> well, I, I had it so much better over yeah. here, and I was taking so much of what my church offered me for granted.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah I've, I've done that before, and I've seen other people leave a church. And say I'm leaving, and they go join somewhere else, and then a year later they're back because Mm -hmm. they realize the same thing that, you know, they weren't, you know, they were taking for granted all the things that they already had, and they were, they were, they were making it about themselves, and I think all of us are guilty of of that in some form or fashion.
1: And that's the warning that we have if if you if you're one to like jump ship because your feelings get hurt or you're not getting everything that you want, then if 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 A church isn't providing it, then if you jump to B church, odds are in a year or two from now, you're not going to be happy with B church either. And so you're going to jump from B church to C church. And so it goes. You just, you always are jumping from church to church and you've just never dug any roots in anywhere. And that's just not really what you want to do as a Christian. Right. And so we've come
0: up with five. If you are, if you have prayerfully considered looking for a church, how do I find a good church? We've come up with five. Uh, little points uh, that you might want to think about as far as considering when you're looking for a new church the first one is sound doctrine and preaching so and doctrine is just what you what the church and what the the church body believes and uh, what what beliefs they hold and uh, you know this could be, it could be easy to find out or it could be kind of shadowy and kind of hard to find out, um, depending on the church. So, you know, this, this might be, this might take time and might take you actually going to the church several different times and even asking other members or uh, somebody on staff, you know, what is, what are your beliefs here? But it's definitely something that you want to find out and, and in that, in that same vein, you want a, you want a church that holds the preaching and the teaching of the Word of God in the highest uh, esteem. You want that to be the central you know thing at the church, the preaching and the teaching of the Bible. You don't want that to just be you know an ornament on the side that just is referred to every once in a while. You want that to be something that's front and center.
1: Yeah, one of the things that you can look for is the, is the doctrinal doctrinal statement. Doctrinal. Ah,
0: you got me messing it up now.
1: <laughs> you say it. Doctrinal. There you go. Doctrinal statement. Um, and it can be found on a lot of churches' websites in today's um, time. You know, they, they will post that. And it's just, kind of a statement of of what they believe as a whole. And, and so if you're looking for this, maybe you're new in the whole Christian walk, you're not sure, you can kind of look at these things and see if as, as you go and you hear them preaching, does this line up to what they're preaching? And does it line up with the Word of God, more importantly? And so that's one of probably the easiest ways to find that. And then, as you said, just look for friends and family that are already going there to see if it's what it appears to be.
0: Yeah, do your homework. You know, ask people that that you either know that go there or, you know, people in the area that you know have some connections with that church. You know, ask them what they think about it. Ask their opinion about it. And I know that shouldn't be the final deciding factor, but it can de- it definitely help, you know, just to find out, you know, outside of the actual church, you know, what people are saying about the church and, and how people feel about the church, um, I think is a good thing to do. Do your homework a little bit.
1: And you did some homework even preparing for this, didn't you? Didn't you find some statistics for us on this?
0: I did, I did. I found out uh, there's a Gallup poll that came out, I think, a couple of years ago that they asked people, why do you attend church? Real vague question, but they ask them, why is it that you're going to church? And the very top of the list is 76% said that the preaching and the teaching of the word of god of the bible was the main reason that they go to church and uh this will be a cut to myself since I'm a worship pastor the very last one on the list was actually music or the way they they phrased it a good a good choir praise band or other spiritual music so that was the last one so much for job security yeah
1: so uh but 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 no but no really it's really important <laughs> <laughs> Which is it's actually our second thing that we, we see here is that worship is a very important thing to look, look for when you're going to a church. At least I believe that, and I believe you believe that, and that's what you do. It, it, when I see a lot of people going to church, oftentimes you walk into a church and there's one of two styles. Which are they? traditional and contemporary. Right. So now you're either listening to the songs that are played on the radio right now or the songs that are in the hymnals. And usually most people have a band one way or another. And as one music pastor told me, you know, all the contemporary stuff is really just the old hymnals rephrased into, you know, more modern style. But, you know, how does that look for us in worship? What should we look for when we go into a church?
0: Well, I think going back to that statistic, I think I think the the way they did it was not necessarily a great way because people are automatically separating worship and the sermon. When to me, the, from what I understand, the whole thing is just worship. It's just, you know, we worship through song, we worship through tithes and offerings, and we worship through the preaching and teaching of the Bible and God's Word. We worship through repentance, confession, through prayer. The whole service, to me, is worship. And so I don't see, you know, any one part of it as being, as trumping another part of it. I feel like the whole thing is important in those different expressions, Um, but I think, as far as styles, you know, I think people get way too hung up on this, and this goes back to that consumerism. You know, we we live in America we we get our way with everything. You know, we can you can get on Amazon and you can have a red pair of rain boots at your door tomorrow. You know, or any weird thing you can think of. Yeah, you can have a, a a flamingo pillow delivered on your doorstep tomorrow.
1: What if I wanted a black pair of ring boots?
0: I mean, I guess you could probably have those, too. <laughs> That's good to know. But we're so used to just getting things the way we want them that we, a lot of us find ourselves, when we're in a, a corporate worship setting, we are just looking for the differences. Um, we're looking for what we don't like instead of having a a more worshipful attitude that says, you know what? The style doesn't matter. If the words are are... are Genuine praises and and offering worship to the the you know the one true God. Then then I'm going to do it. I'm going to take part in it and I'm going to participate in it because it's not really about me. I I heard a, a really neat quote. that said, "Oh, you don't like the uh, songs we sang uh, today? Well, that's okay because it wasn't for you. You know that <laughs> that kind of sums it up to me. Um, and and I don't think it's wrong for you to to have a preference towards, you know, a particular style, either style of preaching or a style of music. I think it's OK to say, hey, I like this style of preaching and music better. You know, I feel more comfortable in it. I think that is totally natural. But to just pick a church based on the style alone, I don't think is, is a healthy, healthy way to go.
1: My music, um, the music minister that helps me with Celebrate Recovery at my church, he's kind of taught a lot to me because I I was that guy coming to this church, I just hate to admit that there were certain songs that I liked to sing because I liked the songs. I I really wasn't paying attention to the words, it was just the beat, the melody, the rhythm, the timing that went to it, and those were the things that were kind of the hip, cool thing to do right now, and... I wouldn't say this. I mean, my heart and my motives, I guess, were maybe right, because I think that I was doing it in a worshipable style. But there was still this idea, like you mentioned, of me being a consumer. It was about the songs that I liked. But I can sing anything as long as it's to a to my God. And if I'm doing it towards Jesus, then it's about me giving worship to him for what he's done for me, rather than what someone else can give me. And that's something that really changes with me. I can do that with a hymnal, or I can do that with contemporary music. But that's an internal fight that I have to fight for me. Now I may land on one of those things more easy than the other. And for me, I, I I bend towards contemporary music, maybe because that's more what I've been grown. I, I've come accustomed to because I didn't, I wasn't raised in church when I was little. So back when I was little, it was all hymnals, and so I, I don't know those hymnals even. If, some of you guys just start singing in things, and I don't know this, the words to them. Maybe Amazing Grace. That would You're be like, oh, it. no, I'm in a cult.
0: <laughs> it. You're like They're singing this stuff,
1: and I don't know what they're doing. But another thing that I see with worship that I, that I wonder about, and this I don't think is a reason to pick a church— But I've noticed that some people raise their arms, and some people don't. Some people clap. Some people, they don't. And I used to be the guy who would just sit there with my arms crossed and wouldn't really sing or anything. One, I can't sing, and I know it. I don't make a joyful noise. You can go ahead and try it, but it's not even joyful. I mean, I try to be joyful, but it's not (laughs) joyful for you at all, I can assure you. But I used to be that guy, and then, I don't know, it was a mixture of... um, of just trying to get out of my comfort zone. But God spurred me just to kind of just open my heart. And that was kind of the way I opened my heart was to raising my arms. And it was a new experience for me to just to hold my arms up and worship the Lord. And like I said, that's no way of picking a church, whether they raise their arms or don't raise their arms. But I believe we worship in different ways.
0: Right. And and if you want a church that where there is – tangible excitement during the worship service you know that's still a preference if you want to worship at a church that is more reverent that that is still a preference um that that you can you can choose but the third thing uh, as far as a tip to find in a church that you want to look for is that they're active in evangelism and missions um you don't want a church that's just in a circle holding each other's hands, you know, just waiting on Jesus to come back. Because <laughs> <laughs> Why is that funny? Just sitting there waiting, huh? I was being serious. <laughs> I mean, but but we do, you know, see a lot of churches that have that mentality where you know, there's not really a lot of looking out, you know, it's just they're just kind of looking in. Um I I've I've seen churches like that where it's just there is no thought of you know, the world they, they see the world as something that's bad and they need to they need to hunker down and kind of be protected from and just have their little fellowship and stay in their comfort zone. Um but that's not what we see in the Bible. I mean we have the Great Commission in Matthew twenty eight that says, Go ye therefore, baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit and make disciples. I left that part out. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, we we see it says go. And uh that's what we're to do if we're to take jesus' command um seriously we we you want a a church to have an active you know evangelism strategy. How do they uh evangelize and you want to see them exercising that through local missions and foreign missions
1: The best churches I've ever been a part of um kind of just part of the sermon the whole experience there. Uh, what ties into their other, you know, midweek services? All of those things gear and equip the regular church member like me in a way that I can leave those four walls and go share what I've been been taught you know the gospel that's what we're doing we're sharing the good news and um there's one sign you've probably seen it before but i've seen it kind of in parking lights as you're leaving it says you're entering the mission field yeah and i think that's really good because you know the church yes we can minister to people if they're in the church if, if I'm new and walking into your church for the first time yes i mean that's kind of the goal is when you walk in to be welcomed to be loved on to be you know to be talked to but more importantly i think we're supposed to go outside of those walls and be the church and if if you're in a church that believes in the evangelical um mission to go share the gospel, then there should be a willingness, a want to, to go share that with others. Right.
0: And you want to see the church being active in the community, where if the church just disappeared instantly, would the community even notice? Mm -hmm. You know, that that type of thing, where the church is obviously a presence in the
1: community in a helpful way. And the stronger churches that I've seen, because there's two ways to be active in a community— you know, but is it is the goal of being active in the community to share the gospel? Right. It's more than just being a country club. Yes, and yeah. you know there there is a difference there, and so is the is the overall mission to share the gospel. Right. And as Christians, that's what we're trying to do: share hope.
0: Yeah, and that uh, leads us into the fourth thing, which is discipleship. Which is a Christianese for really just mentoring somebody who is new in the faith and who is all- i mean you never graduate from from you know being a disciple of Christ, but when I think of discipleship, I think of you know somebody who is younger in their faith being mentored through you know to to being mature. And, um, you know, the best way I see that done in the local church is through small groups or Bible, small group Bible studies, life groups. Man, we got so many names for these things now. Um
1: yeah, I've heard city groups, city uh, life groups. groups um, what would you say? You said small groups already. Small groups. But, you know, probably another way that our peeps could hear it and understand it is this is the whole sponsor in reverse, you right. know, you know that it would be like a Christian sponsor um, that would help walk you, out, help walk out your Christian faith, to help you down this road to mature as a Christian and that's what i believe that our people may understand usually i'm having to explain this in reverse you know right. that you know sponsorship is more like discipleship but really discipleship is a lot like sponsorship in the sense that it doesn't have to be one-on-one, but normally it could happen in a group or with one-on-one. Regardless of how it happens, it's that people are pouring in to one another and we're growing together as a church.
0: And keeping each other accountable as well. You know, a lot of aspects of the church, it's it's just not logistically possible to happen on the Sunday morning main worship service um, and just is better suited for small group situations. Um, If you're in a part of a small group, you know, and and there's a part of your life that's not in line with the scriptures, the other members of the small group, you know, can hold you to that and hold you accountable in a loving way uh, better than, you know, somebody that you don't know. And, And that's the main thing is in those small groups, you build relationships, you know, and that's where you really, you know, get, Connected with people and connected with their lives on a more intimate level than just just coming in for the worship service and leaving. You know, there's so much of that going on now. Just where, you know, especially at some of the mega churches that you see, you're just another number. You know, because they come in for the worship service and then they leave and they don't get connected to anybody. And I, I feel like small groups is is just the main place that that happens. And that. Connecting to people leads into our next point, which is uh, point number four, tip number four, and that's fellowship. You want to find somewhere that has an active you know, fellowship and a church that fosters healthy fellowship among its members and among its church body.
1: But a church has to be more than just a potluck, right? You know? Oh yeah. <laughs> um, and and I, and I hope that we've got our point across enough to, to that you hear that already. But it's got to have a purpose, and the purpose can't be just to to eat every week. And dude, we come from Baptist <laughs> churches; it's like you have to eat in order yeah. to have a gathering. But it's um it, it's so much more than just food. Sometimes it's easier to talk over food. It's sometimes easier to break down walls with new people. And so that's one reason you probably see that inside the churches more than any other, because as we sit at the table, it gives us an opportunity to to share lives with one another. And that's one way that we do connect is just by... If you just go to a Sunday service and you sit through the worship time and maybe you go to Sunday school or a small group and you listen to the teaching, there's really very little connection between you and anyone else there. And So this um, is what we're talking about when we say fellowship. You need to build some relationships with inside the church, because without that, it's easy to fall out of it. And then, you know, it's easy to say, well, they didn't even miss me. Well, you never built any meaningful relationships.
0: Yeah. And I think, to me, one of the better and best ways to build those relationships is through serving, uh, which we, I think... I was supposed to talk about earlier, but uh when we were talking about making it about us, and it's not about what we get out of the church, but it should be about what we give back to God and worship through serving but I found that um it's when I'm serving in the church alongside of other members, you know there's a bond that that happens that's just incredible um I went to uh Peru earlier this year and just getting to know people that you know I had not spent that amount of time around you know I just see them on sunday mornings say hey hey oh it's good weather you know oh great you know I'm glad you're doing well and then I'm then I'm living with them for a week you know I got to know some people on a on a much deeper level you know than I ever would have if I wouldn't have been serving in that way so i think serving and finding a place for for you to serve and asking yourself, hey, where where could I fit in at this church? You know, where, where could I see myself serving? Do they even have a lot of serving opportunities? Uh, I think it's important that, you know, a church has
1: opportunities for its members to serve. Well, let me go ahead and give you your plug that you can't say as a worship pastor, is that if you go to a church and you want to be part of the worship team— And they tell you no don't take it as a offense because <laughs> that's just not where you want to put someone all the time front and center and because it's just that, that is a difficult ministry and I see that all the time with people coming into a church and say oh well this is my gift I want to be able to sing and um, you know maybe that you're just not the fit for what they're looking for at the moment or whatever but there are places to fit and I think that's the most important thing that you can do when you're looking for a church is find your role in the church where where do you fit in the church? And oftentimes it may not be where you want it to be. I went to the church I'm at now, and I talked to the pastor before we joined and said, look, I love CR. This is the ministry that I believe God's called me to. This is what I do. And he said, okay, cool, but I want you to sit here for a year and do nothing. And I'm like, Dude, dude, I've been doing this for like seven years. No, I'm ready. (laughs) No, like, I'll start next week. Put me in, coach. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, no, you're going to sit here because you need to let me pour into you for a little while. Mm. And I need you to build some relationships here so that when you are ready to start this, then you will have the the relationships with people to be able to make this happen, right? And man, it was such great godly wisdom because I needed that for me and my spirit and mm-hmm. my family, and and also as he said, as I built relationships in that year, as I got to know know responsibilities, I could just talk and and serve here and there, and I, I got to find my niche, and it was you know it was it was cr, but it was. It wasn't on my time. Mm. And so I think just because you go to a church and they don't let you do what you want to do doesn't mean that that's not the church for you. Right.
0: And I, I think, um, you know, being able to take godly wisdom um, from from a church leader and who exercises that in a good, good healthy, loving way, um, I, I think that is, it's one of those, it's easier said than done, you know, um, oh it would
1: have been easier for me just to go to another church There yeah. those was churches all ready for me to come start, yeah. but I knew that God wanted me at this church, you know and but I wasn't getting the answer from the pastor that I wanted, so it would have been easier to say that oh this ain't where God wants me yeah
0: and our, our last and fifth tip is um, you know for looking for a church' is unity. you want to look for a church. That is unified now. Every church isn't going to be perfectly unified in every single way, but you know there there needs to be an overarching sense that the church is unified in its message and its and its mission. Um, it needs to be somewhat organized. There needs to be unity of organization, uh, you know, and communication. You know, you, you need to be able to know that the church clearly communicates its activities and and all that stuff, you know, in somewhat organized fashion. Now, there's going to be different levels of this, of course, depending on what church you go to. Um, and then the other part is, you know, having the leadership of the church not only be qualified to be the leadership, but having that unity of, of message and mi- mission, you know, all the way from the top leadership, all the way through the entire membership, I think is is another important trait to look for.
1: Yeah, when you talk about, you know, qualified leadership, I think over in First Timothy 3, and it talks about some of the qualifications that overseers, you know, pastors, if you will, deacons should have, whether your church has a deacon or not, depending on what denomination you're part of. You know, um, those are things that you look at. But I I know, for me personally, as I've 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 been a part of a few churches, is that normally the church will tend to follow the leadership of the pastor. As it should, right, and some pastors are are better gifted in certain areas, some are better teachers, some are better administrators, whatever you know, and you know rarely do you have someone who's just gifted across the board and just seem to have everything but um there is overall a sense of unity because any good leader will find someone to fill those places that he's not good at and i as you look at a church overall, I think that as you look at just the natural way that it's structured, you should find some some good organization there.
0: Right. And then this isn't one of the tips, but I just thought of it, um, which can be dangerous for me to think of things. <laughs> but, you know, you, take your time in, in looking for a church. You don't have to – you know, I know it's one of those processes where, you know, it, you can – want to just throw your hands up and be like, you know what, I'm tired of looking, I'm just going to make this my church. But, you know, let the process take as long as it needs to. I'm not saying, I mean, I know people that, you know, four years later, they're like, I'm still looking for a church. You know, that might be a little excessive. But, you know, don't think you have to make a decision in a month.
1: And two, uh, if you're married, I believe that you and your spouse, Prayerfully, both of you can look for that, because if you're being torn torn to one church and she's being torn to another, I believe there's something that you haven't come—God is not an author of confusion, so I believe right. that He's going to send you both to the same church, not different churches. And so pray for peace in that. Whatever you're looking for in the church, if you've both kind of—maybe you've come to two churches that you're torn between, then begin praying about that to see what's right. Um, in that situation, because I think you'll both come to an answer there. Could you just go to both,
0: like, the wife go to one and the husband go to the other, and you could just have a house divided? Oh, that, like, seem, that seems very biblical. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Preach
0: it, pastor. Yeah. <laughs> but just send your tithes to one, maybe? Uh, well, yeah, th- that probably wouldn't work very nah, I well. I guess not. Yeah, I guess you mm-hmm. need to go to the same church. Yeah. Well, we hope that some of these tips are somewhat helpful, except that last thing. But, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah,
1: don't do that last yeah, don't thing. don't do the last thing. Idea. That was a
0: joke. <laughs> but, you know, what you don't want to leave is God out of this equation. You know, you, you definitely want to pray and be seeking Him through all this and, and offering up praise to Him through the whole process of you looking for a church and somewhere to, to join in on the, on the work of the kingdom of God. Amen. Well, man, um, I guess
1: this is the end of another one. How many episodes is this now? This is the 16th episode. 16 episodes. Well, you know, I'm <laughs> so glad that these um, listeners, they actually want to hear us. And you know, we're going to continue on with these because I really believe that we're being more blessed than anyone else that hears these. Yeah. So, man, um, I guess it's it's another show in the books. Yeah. I'm Roger. I'm Jason. We're out.
0: Thanks for listening to Soberholic with Roger and Jason. If you like the show and want to know more, check out Soberholicpodcast.com. Please remember to leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you next week, Soberholics.